Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Welcome to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get into it. In the NBA, there are championship contenders. There are playoff contenders. There are average teams. There are below average teams. That's the way the NBA is. And if we're really going to discuss the NBA, if we're really going to do this the right way, we might as well talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. Because the Milwaukee Bucks have been the definition of one moment, they look like championship contenders. At one moment, the Milwaukee Brewers and the Milwaukee Bucks, they both look like they could win a championship out there in Wisconsin with their Green Bay Packers counterparts. And then there are some moments where they will choke the game away. And the Milwaukee Bucks organization will look like a bunch of fools. There's also been situations where their superstar, their face of the franchise, will disappear when they need him the most. And then on the opposite effect, there are times where he is the only There's reason also been... why they are even winning to begin with. There is pros and there is cons to this. Well, there has been not one, but two times now where the Milwaukee Bucks have had to rule out all five of their starters at home. It was reported earlier that the Milwaukee Bucks, all five of their starters normally in the starting lineup, have been ruled out going up against the Charlotte Hornets. Last night, they went up against the Dallas Mavericks, lost in a nail-biter to them. So the starting lineup normally consists of Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, Dante DiFacenzo, Brooke Lopez, and Chris Middleton. It's interesting how all five of those guys were declared out, and 
one of their guys that came off the bench in P.J. Tucker was also considered out. Now, if you read this without any context, you would assume it was COVID. If you read this and you had no idea about the NBA, if you hadn't been watching it all year, you would assume that six of the 12 players on the Milwaukee Bucks that have been declared out against Charlotte, it would be because of the COVID-19 protocols. Well, that's not the case. Giannis missing his fourth straight game with a left knee um, issue. Drew Holiday has a left knee issue. Dante DiVincenzo has a hip issue. Brooke Lopez has a back issue. Chris Middleton has a right knee issue. And P.J. Tucker has a left calf uh, problem. So interesting out of all of this is that the Milwaukee Bucks have no, uh, no, nobody on the injury list because of COVID. That's interesting. Let's also talk about the fact that the Charlotte Hornets, who are also a couple of men down, LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, Malik Monk, they have had injuries as well. But it is interesting that the Milwaukee Bucks, their last game against the New York Knicks, when they played at home, Middleton, Acampo, Holiday, DiVincenzo, and Portis all missed that game as well. So it looks like to me, the Milwaukee Bucks have an injury bug problem. It seems to me that the Milwaukee Bucks organization is going through a very tough spot when it comes to injuries. Now, why do I bring up this recent news update to get into the Eastern Conference? Because the Milwaukee Bucks are one of the highest rated teams in the Eastern Conference. When you think of winning and going to the NBA Finals, you have Brooklyn, you have Philadelphia, and then you have Milwaukee, followed by everybody else. Well, the first angle I'm going to declare here on the sports angle, the first angle that I'm very confident in is that the Milwaukee Bucks will not make the Eastern Conference Finals. I do not see this organization with their injury concerns with their lack of durability and consistency in their starting lineup. I do not see this team winning at anywhere near the Eastern Conference Final. They're definitely not going to make it to the NBA Finals because of their lack of durability. I mean, that Eastern Conference, let alone, let's just break that down. Milwaukee would have to go up against the Miami Heat in the first round. For anybody who watched the NBA bubble last year, you will know what Miami did to Milwaukee. You will know that the Miami Heat have given Milwaukee problems in the past. Let's also talk about if they do move on from Miami and they go into the second round, they would have to go up against the winner of Charlotte versus Atlanta. Charlotte is a very quiet and a very sneaky, solid team in the NBA. I like the roster they've built. Their general manager, their head coach is doing what they have to do. That would not be an easy matchup. And then the final matchup, if you had to actually break it down, they would have to go up against the Philadelphia 76ers. And I'm going to say this right now. They would not beat the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers organization would, would absolutely annihilate 
the Milwaukee Bucks from top to bottom. They have solid big men out there in Philadelphia. They've got shooters on the outside. The 76ers have one thing going for them, and that is the fact that from top to bottom, their depth is what they have an advantage over Milwaukee. So my first angle here on the sports angle, the Milwaukee Bucks will not make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. So who do I have making it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Which two teams am I confident in will get the job done? Well, the first team is going to be an obvious pick, and that is the Philadelphia 76ers. I've been singing their praises for the last couple of minutes. Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, they have solid guys on their bench that get the job done. And out there in Philadelphia, their general manager, their head coach, I like what they're doing out there in Philly. And considering that the Philadelphia 76ers have been building quite enough momentum over the last couple of years, it doesn't surprise me if they make it to the Easter Conference Finals. But who are they going to go up against? Will it be the obvious pick? Will it be the guy with 700,000 all-stars on their roster in the Brooklyn Nets? Will it be the Charlotte Hornets, a very young, very sneakily quiet organization? What about the Atlanta Hawks, a very underrated, very undervalued team out there in Atlanta? Could the Miami Heat make another run to the NBA Finals? Last year, most people didn't expect Miami to be there. They rose up to the ranks and got it done last year. And what if Boston or the New York Knicks filled that big market quota for the NBA? And what if Boston and or New York took care of that and made one of the biggest underdog stories in the NBA? Well, I hate to break it to all of you, but I'm going to go with the obvious pick because it really is obvious. And that is the Brooklyn Nets. I understand that there are people out there that don't like what Brooklyn's doing. I understand that there are people out there who don't like this idea of having all-star on top of all-star on top of all-star be together. I understand. However, there is nothing against it. There is no rule in the NBA that says that you are forbidden to have as many all-stars as you want on an NBA roster. As long as you fit the soft salary cap, as long as you are willing to pay the luxury tax, which I think the Brooklyn Nets are more incapable of doing, they're going to keep adding as many people as they can. I mean, Steve Nash, you know, what he's doing with Brooklyn is solid, but hey, who else could join that Brooklyn Nets roster? I mean, could somebody like Amari Stoudemire sign a 10-day contract to play for Brooklyn? Uh, could a guy like Carmelo Anthony get bought out from Portland and then go join the Brooklyn Nets? I mean, I'm just trying to think of players that would try to make a move down to Brooklyn. Hey, Darren Williams, I know you were in the league a couple of years ago. Would you like to join Brooklyn to be on their bunch? I mean, I think when it comes to Brooklyn – they have so much talent on that roster that it really would be a shocker if they didn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. It would be a stunningly surprised move if, if Brooklyn loses in the first round to New York Knicks. If in the second round, 
they lose to a team like Charlotte. It would be really surprising if Brooklyn did that. So I'm going to have the Brooklyn Nets versus Philadelphia 76ers. And the team that I have making it to the Eastern Conference as a representative, a team I have going from uh, in the NBA Finals to go up against the best team in the Western Conference, I have, and I'm going to do a little drum roll here. So drum roll, please. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, this Sixers team, the way that they have brought over, you know, the coaching staff, the way they brought over the executives, the way they've built that roster around a guy named Joel Embiid. Look, this 76ers team, with what's going on in Brooklyn, I understand that all the hype and all of the attention is being put on Brooklyn. But I want you to understand that Philadelphia all around has one of the best teams in the NBA. Tobias Harris, good supporting cast. You have guys like Shake Milton and Seth Curry who are able to get the job done at the two. Danny Green has been a solid veteran that can come off the bench if you need him to. Have him be in a starting role if you need him there. I mean, Dwight Howard has been a solid veteran. I mean, Mike Scott's been a good veteran. This team is built off of having guys coming off the bench that are going to do their role and get the job done. So when we come back here on Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. We are going to uh, switch over to auto racing because there is a topic that blew up the Formula One world that I'm going to get into here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Last night here on Sports Angle, we did our racing report. We talked about, you know, the Formula One. We talked about IndyCar. But there was something that happened just a while ago. That has been a blaring, a blazing hot take kind of segment that I feel like I should add my opinion to because this definitely was big news. Now, McLaren driver Daniel Ricciardo out there in Formula One blasted the people behind the Formula One social media team. He says that the sport needs to grow up in its attitude. He also believes that the Formula One social media crew has gone too far in glorifying accidents rather than focusing on the driving and other elements of the sport. Last year, Daniel Ricciardo spoke to the Chiefs in Formula One and voiced his displeasure at the way that they repeatedly uh, played repeats and replays of Roman Grosjean's fiery accident in Bahrain. He said that when you were seeing that replay over and over and over again during that red flag, it actually worried him. It actually made him feel uncomfortable watching that over and over again. Now, to use the quote from Daniel Ricciardo, and quote, I think last year Formula One put on their social media channels like top 10 moments of the year and eight of the 10 were crashes. I was just like, you guys are beeping idiots, end quote. Now, I understand where Daniel Ricardo is coming from. I mean, these guys are athletes. These guys, they get into a car that they're not supposed to control. They get into a car that is supposed to defy every single thing that they are telling it to do. And yet again, they pour their heart and their soul into it. And how do they get rewarded? By just seeing their crashes and their mistakes as their top 10 moments of uh, of the year. I also understand that for the guys who are 11 years old, for the kids that are 10, that are 11, they want to see those crashes. They want to see those accidents. It looks entertaining to them. But most adults that watch auto racing, most adults who really tune into Formula One, you want to see the best 20 drivers in the world compete. It's similar to IndyCar. You want to see the best 24 drivers compete week in and week out. For the people who watch NASCAR, is the same way. A lot of adults that have had a passion for NASCAR, they want to watch good racing not just a wreck fest. That's why I understand 100% what Daniel Ricardo is saying here. And in my opinion, my angle, Daniel Ricardo is 100% correct on the social media strategy that Formula One uses. It's not right uh, in terms of moral, in terms of, you know, being, you know, decent, you know, having some respect for the driver's, You're not showing them respect by showing their flaws as one of the top moments of the year. I mean, let's compare this to any of the big four sports, shall we? 
let for anybody who's a football fan, how would you like it if the top 10 moments of the NFL season, eight of them was your uh, top quarterbacks making mistakes and the defense capitalizing on it? I mean, what if the top 10 moments in the NFL consisted of Jameis Winston just uh, tossing interceptions left, right, and center? What if one of the key moments of the NFL season was Patrick Mahomes tripping and falling with nobody around him? I mean, that really wouldn't uh, specialize and wouldn't really spotlight the best people in the world now, would it? It's also really similar to hockey. I mean, what would the highlights be and how good would it be for the sport if the only highlights that you were seeing in the NHL was a goalie letting an easy puck go by him or a forward tripping and falling when he had an open uh, open net? I mean, that would be a really embarrassing thing to use, right? So your hockey social media would not show that. Your NFL social media would not show interceptions and fumbles and trips and falls. They wouldn't do that. But yet again, in Formula One, the social media department is showing all these crashes and they're kind of, you know, glorifying those crashes. And that's not right. Similar to the NBA, let's say an NBA player, a guy trips and falls and lands straight on his tailbone. I mean, what if there was a play where an NBA player broke his leg in the two parts? And then the NBA decided to show that on their social media for the next uh, for the next three months. That would not be a real positive thing to do. And the NBA would look like a bunch of you-know-whats if they decided to do that. What about Major League Baseball? What if an MLB, all they showed was catchers getting run over at home plate? What if they just showed highlights of outfielders making uh, dropping easy um, pop flies. What if they showed base runners tripping and falling and getting out at second base because they missed the bag? Like those are mistakes that happen in the game, but you wouldn't glorify it in baseball. You wouldn't glorify it in basketball. You wouldn't glorify it in football and you would not glorify it in hockey. So I'm going to say to all the people out there in auto racing, you shouldn't glorify crashes because those are your mistakes. Those are stuff you didn't plan for. All right. No driver gets behind the wheel and says, you know what? On lap 28, I'm going to turn this thing to the right and I'm going to take out half the field. They don't do that. So I agree with McLaren driver, Daniel Ricardo. the Formula One social media crew should stop glorifying accidents because that's not why you watch the sport. That is not the reason that you should be tuning in to Formula One day in and day out. Now we're going to go to the comments here on Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. I wish it was the Celtics. Honestly, I wish the Celtics were better. I mean, this Boston Celtics team is the definition of wasted potential. You have Kimball Walker. You have Marcus Smart. You have Jason Tatum, you have Jalen Brown, Taco Fall, Robert Williams. Like there are some really solid players in Boston, but they are not using their potential the right way. So Boston as the number seven seed is very disappointing and sad to see. 
And if they somehow miss the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. But the NBA, I have a feeling, is going to try to rig it to get Boston to be in there. Because from a financial perspective, Boston is what the Yankees are in MLB. The Boston Celtics are what the New England Patriots have been in the NFL. The Boston Celtics have been what the Montreal Canadiens have been in the NHL. They are best for business. When the Yankees are on the television screen in Major League Baseball, millions of people tune in no matter what. In the NFL, it doesn't matter if they have Brady or not. People are going to tune into the Patriots because that is a attention grabbing. That is a ratings seller. And when it comes to the NHL, Hockey Night in Canada, normally the Montreal Canadiens are facing off against one of the Canadian teams and it gets you box office attraction. And that's the same reason why the Boston Celtics get so many games because Boston has that label as one of the most iconic, and in my opinion, the most iconic NBA franchise in history. I like NASCAR. Hey, you know what? I'm going to say that, you know, NASCAR when I was growing up was great. You know, NASCAR was so much fun, like in the early 2000s when you had the best drivers in the world competing. You had guys who, you know, were in their garage making their own engines, making their own chassis. You know, you had guys who had to bust their ass to get to where they were. And now it just really feels corporate. It really feels watered down. Like a lot of people who are longtime NASCAR fans, they know that this is true. That NASCAR starting around 2017 stopped caring about the fans and started caring more about corporate. They started caring more about, you know, the big potential that they could have had with the playoffs, what they had with the stage racing, which is pretty much just dividing them into quarters or dividing them into halves like football and hockey do. I mean, a lot of people have picked up on the fact that the more NASCAR goes one way, the more the fans go the opposite. And there's a reason why IndyCar and Formula One has been gaining millions of American viewers because people are tuning off of NASCAR because they are pretty much taking a thing that wasn't broke and they're beating it to death with a hammer. And that's really what they did starting in 2017 with all the stuff they implemented. It's sad to see. I, I, I really feel like NASCAR should have kept it the way it was because like I mentioned, when it was 2001, 2002, 2003, that's when NASCAR was popular. That's when you had commercials of almost every single sponsor in the, in the garage area with their driver being uh, advertised in it. I mean, you couldn't go onto a TNT broadcast and see a couple of NASCAR commercials on it. You wouldn't go onto a Fox broadcast and see a couple of NASCAR commercials, uh, even when NASCAR wasn't even being aired. That was how popular NASCAR was in 2001, 2002, 2003. The racing was great. You had uh, drivers who were popular, Earnhardt. Uh, you, had, you, know, you had Earnhardt, you had Harvick, you had Labonte, you had Wallace, you had Martin. 
you know, Mark Martin, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson. Like there was all these drivers in the sport around that time. And that's what made NASCAR so appealing is for the guys who were older, you had the Earnhardts, you had the Wallaces, you had, you know, the guys who had to work their way up. But if you were the newer generation, you had the young guys at the time, like Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, Jimmy Johnson, like those guys were considered young, but they had to work their way up. They weren't just handed the opportunity. They had to earn it. So I feel like NASCAR, what it is in 2021 is so different from what it was in 2001 when it was the peak of popularity. And my angle, it's sad to see. If you still like NASCAR, it's great for you. I've told people here on the show in the past, outside of the Daytona, uh, outside of Daytona 500 and the Bristol night race, I really don't get excited about any races in NASCAR anymore. I mean, a Daytona 500 is the pinnacle. It is the most prestigious race in NASCAR. And for some reason, my, you know, four-year-old, five-year-old heart will always be fascinated by watching Bristol Motor Speedway under the lights. You know, seeing the beating and banging, see the cars, you know, wreck each other, see the guys go three wide, four wide, when they shouldn't even go too wide. Something deep down will always appeal to me when it comes to Bristol at the night race. And also, it just looks really nice. Seeing all the lights shining off the cars, having all the fans in, in Bristol, Tennessee, yelling at the top of their lungs. There's just always something uh, interesting about that. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. Worried about mom or dad falling? The Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health helps make their home safer, even if you can't be there. Symphony works with voice activation or a care button they can opt to wear, along with smart sensors for coverage around the home. With 24-7 emergency response and an app to tie it all together, you can monitor your loved one's well-being for enhanced peace of mind. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. So outside of Daytona and Bristol, there really isn't most races that I get excited about heading into it, unlike Formula One. So that was our little rant here on the sports angle. Now we're going to get into our Vegas report here on the sports angle. We'll talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and the latest move that happened there. So don't go anywhere here on the sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Sports Angle live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. We are here in Las Vegas, and it is time for the Vegas Report. We will go over the biggest topics when it comes to the Las Vegas Raiders, UNLV running Rebels, the Vegas Golden Knights, and other topics in the Las Vegas area. There has been a reunion with the Las Vegas Raiders. Safety Carl Joseph, who is part of the Las Vegas Raiders organization for uh, 2016 to 2019, he went his separate ways. He joined the Cleveland Browns in 2020, had an amazing year with them, and he had 14 games, one interception, four passes defended, and one forced fumble in his 14 games with Cleveland. So the Las Vegas Raiders, adding depth to their safety position, have signed Carl Joseph. It has been a one-year deal, and this guy is obviously going to try to add more security and add more stability to their defensive backs. Now, do I think that this is a solid move? Yes. But do I think that this is a move that's going to elevate them from a level one to level five? No, I don't think that's going to be the case. The reason why Carl Joseph has been in the situation he has been is he is not bad enough to be considered a bust, but he's not great enough to be considered all pro. He is the definition of a free safety who goes to work, does his job, does what he gets paid to do, but he's nothing flashy. He is not the guy that's going to make highlight reels on, uh, on the big four networks. That's not what he is. I mean, just to give you an example, in his 49 games with the Raiders, he only had 41 uh, starts, four interceptions, 15 passes defended, and uh, nine tackles for a loss. And he also has had injury concerns. His, 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 his season ended prematurely in 2019, and that was ended up being the last season with the Raiders before he signed that deal with Cleveland. Let's also talk about the fact that he is going to have to compete with Jonathan Abram, Jeff Heath, and Javian White for that strong safety position. So you're going to have Abrams, you're going to have Heath, you're going to have White, and you're going to have Carl Joseph. Now, do I believe that this is going to improve their defense, which is 26th in passing last year? Um, yes, I do. Do I think that this is going to help improve the fact that they were near the bottom of the league when it came to pass defense? Yes, I do. Let's also talk about the fact that the defense was one of the main reasons why they lost five games in the last seven. There's a reason why the Raiders lost all those games. The defense had a big part of that. Now, they do have the Las Vegas Raiders picking a defensive player in the NFL mock drafts. In fact, if you're someone who looks at these mock drafts quite often on CBS Sports, they have the Las Vegas Raiders taking a linebacker They've also had people taking a defensive back with that 17th overall pick. 
For anybody who's been watching this show, you will know I have the Raiders taking an offensive tackle. You have to open up the running lanes for Josh Jacobs. You need to protect Marcus Mariota, who is their quarterback. So I'm going to say that this Carl Joseph move is solid, but I'm not going to sit here and say that this is one of the best moves of all time. I'm not going to go that far. So once again, to repeat this, Carl Joseph makes his return to the Las Vegas Raiders organization. He'll be adding more depth to the safety position. Not bad for a former first-round pick with the Raiders. So we're also going to talk about here on this Las Vegas report about what do the Raiders need the most heading into the NFL draft? What is the one uh, key move the Raiders have to make in order to make this team better? Because we have heard speculation that the Las Vegas Raiders might trade up in the NFL draft to go get a quarterback. We have heard speculation that with them moving on from Derek Carr, they could move up with the Detroit Lions. They could move up with a team that has a top draft pick like the Miami Dolphins and get a quarterback like a Trey Lance to go get a quarterback like Justin Fields to go get a quarterback that can help the Raiders franchise long-term. Now, do I think this is going to happen? No, I don't think that this is going to be that type of situation where the Las Vegas Raiders are going to go out and they're going to go guns a blazing in the 2021 NFL draft. I don't see this happening. The other main reason why I don't see them moving up is because if the Raiders did move up with the Falcons at four, the Dolphins at six, the Lions at seven, who are you going to draft that is not offensive? Because if you're going to go out and get the best offensive tackle in Penny Sewell, then that would be a solid move. But would it really be worth giving up that much draft capital to go get the best offensive lineman in the draft. What if they go out and they get tight end Kyle Pitts and make it a two tight end set in Las Vegas? It would be nice, but ask yourself this. Do the Raiders really need Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts in order to make this team successful? And we've also heard in the past that if they were going to go out and go get somebody... What if they got someone that could help them when it comes to returning kicks? A guy that could help them when it comes to getting those uh, medium passes, those slant passes, you know, be a slot wide receiver kind of guy. What if they went out and got a wide receiver that has speed, uh, similar to what Henry Ruggs was last year? I've been saying that the Raiders were going to do that. They are now going to have to have not just one but two wide receivers that people are going to question, are they just speed or do they have more than that? So when it comes to the Raiders, if they do move up, it will be interesting, but I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't see how they could really do that. So with the Raiders organization, my angle is that I do not have them trading up. 
I don't think they're going to go get a quarterback. I don't think they're going to go out and get a tight end. And I really don't think they're going to trade up to get the best offensive lineman unless he started falling, then the Raiders might consider it. So we're going to go back to the comments here on the Sports Angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Gruden does not want a rookie quarterback unless number one. Well, John Gruden has had a very bad habit of going out and getting young quarterbacks and then immediately getting rid of them. He did it with Chris Sims out there in Tampa Bay. There was the whole Josh Freeman situation out there towards the end of his tenure. We have seen with Green Bay and Philadelphia as an offensive coordinator when he was part of an offensive assistant type role. John Gruden really did not have the patience with quarterbacks throughout his entire career. So yes, if you are a Justin Fields, if you are someone like that, of that caliber, you most likely would not want to play for John Gruden because his patience is not that, is not that long. Uh, after number one, after no one big risk, look at the Bears move up and fail. I mean, the Bears only moved up one spot. The Raiders would have to move up 14 spots in order to get to where the Falcons, 49ers, you know, where the Jets are, where the really good quarterbacks are at. That is how many spots the Raiders would have to move up. That's a lot of draft capital. That's a lot of assets the Raiders would have to give up in order to move up and draft a quarterback. I don't see it happening. I don't think it's going to happen. And I'm going to say very confidently, as we're about to get to break here on the sports angle, the Raiders are not going to trade up in the NFL draft. They're going to draft an offensive lineman, potentially a defensive lineman, and they're going to bolster that Raiders organization in 2021. Here is the sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco Raquelli. We're going to stay with our Vegas report. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to The Sports Angle, live in Las Vegas, the entertainment capital of the world. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. Let's get back into it. Continuing our Vegas report here on The Sports Angle, go to our website, sportsangle.com. Check out all the information we have on there. Go to all our social media at The Sports Angle, and go to our YouTube channel that you're watching right now. Hit the subscribe button, turn on the notifications, and like the video. Now, there is Las Vegas High School Athletics. Yes, that is correct. High School Athletics are making their returns here in the Las Vegas Valley. So it is very fascinating, and it's really interesting how it feels like for the longest time, we really haven't had this huge amount of you know, high school athletics. So I'm going to say that with them coming back, you know, we've had high school baseball, high school softball, you know, you're having spring football, you know, you're having basketball. Like there's all these sports that are starting to make a comeback. So I do want to give a very quick shout out to that. Uh, let's also really talk about the high school uh, situation that's going on, the partnership with Subaru of Las Vegas and the uh, Castro Verde Law Group. So Finley's Subaru of Las Vegas has partnered with the Castro Verde Law Group for their 2021 Road to College Academic Scholarship. They have combined their donations of five grand to award a Las Vegas Valley High School senior with 10 grand to go towards a college or university tuition. Now, this selected student must also share the mission of the Subaru of Las Vegas, which is to make the world a better place by being a positive force in the community with actions that set an example for others. Now, accepted applications have begun on April 1st and will continue to be accepted till the end of the month. The application process will consist of a 1,000-word essay on how to inspire change in the community or one thing about the world, the student would change. The winning applica applicant will be selected on May 7th, and we will be notified by phone. So once again, this will be the 2021 Road to College Academic Scholarship brought to you by Finley Subaru of Las Vegas and the Casto Verde Law Group. So for the high school seniors out there in the Las Vegas Valley, definitely try to get your application in, try to get yourself involved with this $10,000 donation that will go towards your college or university tuition. So as we are focusing on the high school side of it, let's tr go transfer over to a, a defamation case between a Las Vegas strip and one of the most infamous guys in football. Let's talk about a guy who has been, you know, very, very attached to Las Vegas over the last 15 years. And that is former Buffalo Bills running back, former Heisman Trophy winner, and that is O.J. Simpson. So this was reported a while ago. O.J. Simpson and a Las Vegas hotel casino have settled a lawsuit alleging that employees defamed Simpson by telling a news site that he had been banned from the property back in November of 2017. Now, the matter has been resolved, Simpson's uh, attorney did say in a uh, statement, and the spokes a spokesperson for that casino 
declined immediate comment. Now, the reason why this was brought up is because OJ Simpson, who's now in his 70s, is currently on parole in Nevada. And he um, is currently uh, living in a golf course, living in a community ever since being released from prison in July 2017. The reason why this was such a big deal when it came to OJ Simpson is because with this whole being banned from a casino and the whole defamation thing, it would have caused his situation to get much worse if it would actually been true. It hadn't been true. So that's why this defamation case ended up happening the way it is. So I'm going to bring that up to you guys because it is local news. It is about sports and it is in the Las Vegas area. So as we are kind of wrapping up the situation here on the sports angle, we have two more topics for you that is Las Vegas related here on the sports angle. I'm your host, Rocco Kelly. The Electric Daisy, Daisy Carnival, one of the largest music festivals in the world, is scheduled to take place in Las Vegas next month amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. The, the three-day event, which saw over 465,000 people attend in 2019, is going ahead despite the Nevada Department of Business and Industry denying their safety plan. The CEO of the event announced in a statement that we are moving forward as planned and will be working closely with local officials to make the show as safe as possible, end quote. Now, the approval that was sought out was to have the festival at full capacity, which would be around 200,000 people to attend per day. Now, some of the safety measures outlined in the plan was a regulated clean zone where performers, staff members, and guests would be verified via a health pass, and they would have to show that they're either fully vaccinated or or have confirmed that they are tested negative for COVID-19. Now, why do we bring this up? First off, it is held at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Las Vegas Motor Speedway is auto racing, so it's part of sports. But secondly, because the Electric Daisy Carnival is one of the biggest events in the calendar year here in Las Vegas. I mean, for the people who know about uh, EDC, so many people traveled down to Las Vegas to see it happen. Plenty of locals here in the Las Vegas area, you know, they dress up, they, you know, get their party on. They have a great time at EDC. Now, according to the latest state guidelines, public gatherings are only limited to 50% of the fire code capacity and would have to be under strict social distancing requirements and they would also have to submit a large gathering certification form before getting approved by the um, Las Vegas business um, business and industry uh, commission. So I will say that when it comes to this situation with the EDC, I think it's interesting, but I will point out to all of you that when it comes to the EDC, when it comes to the situation, if it eventually becomes too chaotic, then this whole thing will have to be shut down 
it will be a really terrible situation. I don't think anybody wants that. So my angle is I think the EDC will happen as according as planned, but I don't think they're going to get the 200,000 people per day like they estimate to be. That's what my angle is going to be. And the final news here in Las Vegas is Elon Musk and his boring company, he has had the media, he has had people do test demonstrations of the Las Vegas tunnel that they have been creating here in Las Vegas. So the annual Consumer Electric Electronics Show this January, they had Elon Musk show off the Las Vegas tunnel they have been creating. So this tunnel, which is about 1.7 miles of tunnel, they're going to have all of these uh, rides. There's going to be all these stuff that's going to be part of the tour with their underground transport system. The system can carry passengers at up to 40 miles per hour. And their idea is to move people around Show uh, that pre-COVID tracks thousands and thousands of people. There's also going to be exhibit halls. There's going to be conferences. There's going to be, you know, the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority. There's going to be all these really interesting situations. So I'm bringing this up to all of you because for the people out here in Las Vegas, there is a lot happening in the Las Vegas area. There is the boring company with Elon Musk and the Underground Tunnel. There's the Electric Daisy Carnival and their whole capacity situation. You had the OJ Simpson and the defamation case. You had high school football, baseball, basketball, softball. You know, they're making their returns. They're doing the spring situation as we speak. And you had that $10,000 scholarship to a Las Vegas Valley senior brought to you by Finley Subaru of Las Vegas and the, the, the Castro Verde Law Group. So as we're getting towards the end of the show here on Sports Angle, I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Follow me on social media at Rocco Rakelli. Follow all the social medias at the Sports Angle. Click the subscribe button down below here on the YouTube channel. Turn on the notifications and like the video. And go to our website, thesportsangle.com, and check out all the content we have on there. I'm your host, Rocco Rakelli. Keep rocking on, and we'll see you next time.
Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 